The following Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, August 24th, 2020. The woman in your life will do what she must do To comfort you and calm you down And let you rest now The woman in your life, she can rest so easily She does everything you do because the woman in your life is you women's spaces. My name is Elaine B. Holtz and I'm your host. And with me at the board is my friend, my partner, my engineer and co-producer. Wow, Ken Norton. Good morning, Ken. Good morning, Elaine. And one, I just want to congratulate Ken. You know, he does a program called, he has a website called Scent of Light and he did a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful presentation on fear that I would encourage people to listen to. Well, I have a special guest joining me on the phone will be Lori Gallion, who is the former uh, mayor and council member of the city of Sonoma here in California. And presently, she is the current president of the Soroptimist uh, Sonoma Valley chapter. You know, here we are again celebrating the 100th anniversary of the 19th Amendment, which reads, I want to remind everybody, the 19th Amendment of the United States uh, Constitution uh, prohibits the states and the federal government from denying the right of voters a vote to citizens of the United States on the basis of sex. And Lori's going to be talking about her experience running for office and how she got there. And I know that's very important because, you know, when we got the vote, women were not allowed to even own property or had no right to their children, let alone run for office. And so it's going to be really exciting to hear Lori Gallion to talk about her process and what she went through. And she actually, from when I read her bio, which is so interesting, she did not get into politics until after her 50th birthday, which is very amazing. But she's a wonderful woman, and it's going to be a very, very interesting uh, interview. Also, if you are interested in getting a historical perspective of the 19th Amendment and the struggle women endured to make it happen, and, you know, that's why we say we won the vote, we were not given the vote, uh, I saw a great Zoom presentation presented by the Sonoma County 2020 Women's Subject uh, Women's Suffrage Project called A Voice of Her Own. And it's the Women's Suffrage Reader's Theater. And the the, uh, historical perspective was written and narrated by Bill Trisick. It was performed. Oh, just wonderful, wonderful performances. And everyone read their part. And I couldn't believe on the Zoom how well coordinated it was. Uh, Performed by Shirley Bennett, who's an actress and activist. Uh, Nancy Hoban, who is also an actress, actress. uh, activist and executive board member of the Santa Rosa Democratic Club. And then Jacqueline Lawrence, who uh, is the uh, director of Legacy Showcase and Harris Productions, honoring the slave. And then Bill Montgomery, uh, Montgomery who's a local historian with the Santa Rosa Rural uh, Cemetery uh, Preservation Committee. And I have to give a real second shout out uh, to uh, to him because it was just amazing how well he played the 
the judge and some of the other things that went on during that time. Also, a special, special shout out to Millie Ocean, uh, Olson, who's the communication chair of the Sonoma County Democratic Party and a dear friend of mine, Lee Pierce, who's a former mayor and city council member here in Santa Rosa and now president of the North Bay Chamber of Commerce. And a special, special shout out to Janet Reynolds and Leslie Graves, who were the people who ran the, who ran the Zoom. They just did an excellent, excellent job. And it really lets you know everything that went on from, I think it was 1864 all the way on to 1920, which was an amazing experience for women until we finally won the vote. You can go to Sonoma County 2020 Women's Suffrage Project and you can watch and listen to the presentation and find out more about some of the creative events that are happening that this uh, organization has been doing. And I want to do a special shout out to, of course, Leslie Graves and to Bernice Espinosa for to doing all these wonderful, wonderful programs here. So let me let me just tell you one more time that you go to their their Facebook, and let's see, go to the Sonoma County 2020 Women's Suffrage Project, and that's on Facebook, and you can see the whole presentation. An amazing performance and such a history. I mean, I just don't understand how women don't vote. I think once you begin to understand your history, like we say over and over, our history is our strength, I think it'll be a lot more important at least you will see the importance of going to the polls and voting. Also, uh, as far as the uh, 19th Amendment uh, celebration goes, a reminder that the Petaluma Museum 2020 uh, Women's Suffrage Project celebration will be happening on August 26th uh, from 6 to 6.30. And you can uh, you can watch the live stream uh, suffrage exhibit dedication on Facebook. Just go to their website, and that's the Petaluma Museum, and click on the picture. And there you are on YouTube. Technology is amazing to me. In fact, to be honest with you, it really excites me. And you know, one of the things that's wonderful about this particular presentation is this event will honor two Petaluma women who made history. And I was honored to know both of them. And I'm very still good friends with Lynn Woolsey. But these these two women were trailblazers. I mean, I remember when they first start running and all of us women, I was involved in the Women's Studies Department and other aspects of, of women and women's history. And it was just amazing to be walking and knocking on doors and realizing that we were making history. We were going to have women on the board of supervisors and women on the uh, Petaluma City Council. So they're going to be honoring Helen Dumont Putnam, who was born in 1909 and made her transition in 1984. She was elected as Petaluma's first female mayor in 1965, and she held this position until 1978. And later on, she joined Helen Rudy as the second female member of the Sonoma County Board of Supervisors. Helen Putnam was a dynamic woman and an inspiration, trust me, for all of us. She was just amazing. And she believed in the possible. 
That I remember one time she told me, she says, it's all possible, Elaine, if you just make up your mind and put one foot in front of the other. An amazing woman. And also, we are going to be, they're going to be honoring Lynn Woolsey. Lynn Woolsey's been on our show several times. She's a former U.S. representative for California's 6th Conditional District, serving from 1993 to 2013. And she's still a member of the Democratic Party and still very active. It's very interesting when we showed Iron Jawed Angels here at, uh, at the KBBF, I think about a year ago, there was Lynn Woolsey. She always shows up. She's always there. And I want to do a special shout out to Paula Freud and Kathleen Reinhardt. You know, these are two people that are so dedicated to bringing forth history. And I, I want to thank her and a special shout out, you know, if they ever open, or we're able to go to the Petaluma Museum. I want to thank uh, I want to thank Paula for the beautiful display that she made of the National Organization for Women, the Sonoma County chapter, uh, their calendar. It was amazing. And thank you, Paula. Thank you for all your good work. So all you have to do is go to the Petaluma Museum Facebook at 630 today. Click it on. It's only going to be a half hour. It'll be a special presentation. And, you know, you need to be involved. You need to feel you need to feel the success of these women and the honoring that they're going to be doing. And I, my, I heard, and I don't have my, I don't have my list here, but I heard that uh, Congressman Jared Huffman will also be doing a presentation, and I want to thank him for showing up. You know, it's amazing. You know, men realize, hey, they can't get along without us women. Amazing. Well, that's a lot to think about and a lot to celebrate. I mean, 100 years since we got the vote, and I was listening to Amy Goodman before us, and I'm thinking to myself, my God, people say, oh, my vote doesn't matter, so I don't have to vote. Well, folks, if your vote doesn't matter, how come there's such a there's such a constant activities going on trying to curtail the vote, trying to make it harder for you to vote, cutting cutting a voter uh, register, uh, excuse me, voters' places where you can go to the to the bowls. I mean, if it wasn't important, huh, why would they even bother? But it is important, and people stand in line for hours. It's our democratic right. It's what makes us free a free people. We can vote for our representatives. They don't tell us what we're going to do. They, we tell them we want you in or we want you out. And there's a lot of opportunity uh, during this particular election to make some changes and keep our activity going because you know i don't care who's president if the people are not aware if the people are not speaking out well they think they can just do anything they darn well please and that's not happening (laughs) anyway congratulations to all the different celebrations that are having and also congratulations once again to women that we finally got the vote 72 years we struggled it took us 72 years women went to jail they were waterboard they were force fed i mean it was a real struggle and that's why we say we won the vote and here we are in 2020 i was calling people up on the 18th i was says congratulations this is the 100th anniversary since we got the vote and i said aren't you glad we don't need birth control pills i mean come on ladies we still have a long way to go. We might be celebrating all our sufferers, sisters, and what they did. But when we look at history today, 
we need to stand up even stronger than we did 100 years ago. Well, as we say on every show, our history is our strength. And so I'm going to give you a few historic moments. Today is October 24th. In two days, it's going to be October, excuse me, August 26th. And we're going to be celebrating our 100th anniversary of the 19th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution, where it was ratified. And it was made possible because women struggled in the streets and won won the vote. Also, in August 26, 1970, Betty Friedan leads a nationwide protest called the Women's Strike for Equality in New York City on the 50th anniversary of the women's suffrage. So here we are 50 years ago, and we're, we were protesting equality, and here we are 50 years later celebrating 100 years, and we still haven't a solid uh, Constitution amendment adding the uh, women equality. Amazing, amazing. Also, on August 26, 1971, and this is when we celebrate uh, the 100th anniversary, and it was the first Women's Equality Day initiated by Representative Bella Asberg, established by pres- uh, Presidential proclamation uh, and uh, reaffirmed annually. In other words, we celebrate on August 26th, Women's Equality Day. That's when we got, we were awarded the uh, right to vote. Amazing, isn't it? It's amazing. On August 28th, this is very interesting, more than 250,000 people gathered for a march on Washington, D.C. to listen to Martin Luther King's famous speech, I Have a Dream. I remember that day like it was yesterday. And, you know, we still have that dream, the dream that we all come together and we all live in a world that is equal, equal to all of us, and that you're not judged by the color of your skin but the quality of your character. I remember when he said that. I remember thinking about it. I'm not judged by the color of my skin but rather of the quality of my life. I mean, that was a changing phrase for me when I start really thinking about that. So there's a lot to think about, and that's what Women's Spaces is all about. You know, one of the things that I've been thinking about lately is I cannot believe what we're going through. I mean, let's face it, folks. You know, not only do we have politically our things are going crazy you know the environment all the different issues that we have unemployment you know people applying for unemployment jobs you know losing jobs uh, people losing their homes uh, people can't pay their rent I mean all the things that are going on we have a pandemic we have fires we got this crazy election going on and now we're going to have the Republican (laughs) National Convention and God knows what they're going to say there's a lot going on you know, and there's a lot of fear. I know for myself, uh, the other night, you know, all of a sudden, you know, Ken starts saying, we got to get ready. What if we're going to have to evacuate? And the smoke is getting thicker and thicker. And all of a sudden, I just had a meltdown. I thought, oh, my God, how much can I cope with? How much can I take? You know, I'm not just the worry alone about how is what's going to happen? Is the fire going to be here? What do we need? What do we need to take? I mean, I just it was overwhelming for me. 
But what's so interesting is that as I sat there in my unhappiness, you know, I was crying a little bit, you know, and Ken started talking to me, started asking me what's the matter, and he, they pointed out a few things to be positive about. And little by little, I start coming out of it, and I start feeling better. And the way I came out of it was, to be honest with you, is I start looking around at all the things I had to be grateful for. I was grateful that I had a home. I was grateful that I had my health. I was grateful that I made it to 80 years old. I was grateful that I had Ken by my side. I was grateful for my dog. I mean, on and on and on. I start thinking about that. And suddenly I just felt better. I felt better. I felt a lot better. And then I start thinking about the show. I start thinking, how can I support people? How can I remind them that it's so important to have a positive attitude, if you can, to have an attitude of gratitude? And another thing that I noticed, too, is that when you reach out and help people or make a phone call or talk to a friend or, or you know, we have a lot of vegetables that are growing and bring over maybe some plums to a neighbor and maybe do some exchange, it, it really makes you feel good. You know, if you start doing something, taking action. But then I start thinking a little bit deeper. <laughs> you know, these Pisces, I'm a Pisces, and boy, they start going deep into the ocean and start thinking about, mm. and I start thinking about where do we live? You know, where do we live? Sure, I live on a house, on a street. I live in Sonoma County. I live in the state of California. I live in the United States of America, you know. I, I live, you know, all the different things that I could come up with. But suddenly I realize it's deeper than that. Because I live in a universe. I live in a mysterious universe. You know, I can't figure out, you know, I mean, they got all kinds of principles, but it always amazes me that we don't fall off the planet, that there's not just some big wind that takes us off. And I start thinking, what a great thing it is to think about. We live in a mystery. We live on this planet, you know, floating in the middle of nowhere. You know, they say if you look in the Hubble uh, telescope, we can't even see the the, the uh, Earth. It's, kind of, it's this little spot that's kind of hid behind different things. And here we are spinning around and spinning around and spinning around. So I thought of my favorite song, and that's called The Galaxy. It was uh, it was a part of a, a, a Monty Python movie. I mean, Monty Python was really very interesting. I was uh, working for a company called Living Earthcraft at the time, and we had to go to San Diego for a month, and I spent the time with, a, uh, with one of my co-workers, Maria Johnson, and she introduced me to this song called The Galaxy Song. And I found it by a man by the name of Clint Black singing it. And I thought, let's play it today. You know, let's remind ourselves when all that's said and done, no matter what's going on, no matter who's president, no matter who's a dictator, no matter what's going on, that does not stop. We live in an amazing universe. And a real strong example of that is, I believe it was last Sunday, a week ago Sunday, we had these thunders, uh, thunderstorms. And I heard lightning and thunder like I never heard before. And I felt rain. When the rain came down on my roof, I thought, oh, my God, I hope we don't have a, a flood. But I really realized the mystery. I mean, here's this thunder and lightning. I looked at it in the sky just Sparkling, and unfortunately, of course, the, the thunder started many major fires here in California, which is very, very sad. But at the same time, it gave me recognition of once again of the great mystery. 
And then I don't care how much money you have. I don't care how wealthy you are. I don't care how beautiful you are. I don't care if you have the best boyfriend or you're single or you're whatever you are. You have no control. The elements do. You know, all these politicians, they think they're going to tell us what to do and they know what's right and we're going to go to war here and all. Oh, there's everybody trying to control everything. But yet, the bottom line is we have no control over anything. The elements have the control. We can't stop the lightning. We can't stop the rain. We can barely start the rain. We can't tell the sun what to do the sun does its thing i mean one day all of a sudden when you looked at the fire and you saw the red i thought to myself what if all of a sudden the sunlight was plucked forever we'd have no plants so who's in control you or the sun so what i thought i would do is i would play the galaxy song just to remind us listen very carefully to it listen to the words he's saying it's all a mystery It's a divine mystery. And unfortunately, we don't appreciate it the way we should. Because if we did appreciate it, if we did try to understand it a little bit more, we might calm down and start doing things a little bit more positive and really paying attention to our planet. So listen very carefully to the words. But when we return, I'm very excited. I'm going to be talking with Lori Gallion, who is the for, who's a former city council member, and also she was the mayor of the city of Santa Rosa, and she is currently Sonoma. the pardon Sonoma. Sonoma, excuse me, and she is current president of the Seroptimus International Sonoma Valley Chapter. My wish is that all women who serve have the integrity, the energy, and the courage that Lori has demonstrated. And we will be talking about some of her challenges that she has met in able to serve us and the community. So here we are. We're going to go listen now to Clint Black singing the Galaxy song. Just remember that you're standing on a planet that's evolving Revolving at 900 miles an hour It's orbiting at 19 miles a second So it's reckoned a sun that is the source of all our power The sun and you and me and all the stars that we can see Are moving at a million miles a day In an outer spiral arm at 40,000 miles an hour Of the galaxy we call the Milky Way itself contains a hundred billion stars it's a hundred thousand light years side to side it bulges in the middle 16,000 light years thick but out by us it's just 3,000 light years wide we're 30,000 light years from galactic central point we go around every 200 million years and our galaxy is only one of millions of billions in this amazing and expanding
itself keeps on expanding and expanding in all of the directions it can win. As fast as it can go, the speed of light you know, 12 million miles a minute and that's the fastest speed there is. So remember when you feel very small and insecure, how amazingly unlikely is your birth. And pray that there's intelligent life somewhere up in space. Cause I'm afraid that we've been cheated here on earth. Oh, I love that song. You know, when you think about it, when he says, amazing that we are born. I mean, what a miracle. I mean, that all of a sudden that egg and sperm just hit and here we are nine months later. I mean, I've just, by, we just had a birth in our family, a new, a new granddaughter, a little Isla Blue. I mean, it's just amazing. So, you know, it's time to really start thinking about that. Think about where we live and the mystery of being part of this beautiful, beautiful planet. And let's start taking better care of it. Well, for you just joining us, you are listening to KBBF 89.1 FM, Calistoga, Santa Rosa. And I want to remind my listeners the opinions expressed here are not necessarily the opinions of KBBF, its board of directors, its members, or women's spaces. Well, welcome back. You're listening to Women's Spaces, and I'm your host, Elaine B. Holtz. And without further ado, I want to introduce one of my favorite people and my special guest joining me on the phone, Lori Gallion. Welcome, Lori. Welcome to Women's Spaces. Well, thank you, Elaine, and congratulations on the new addition to your your family tree. Oh, I know. It's just amazing. It's just amazing. Listen, before we begin, Lori, is it okay if I tell my listeners just a little bit about you? Oh, of course. I'm always interested to hear what people think about me. <laughs> well, I think you're great, by the way. So, Well, Larry, uh, Lori, excuse me, Larry, Lori Gallion yes. was... <laughs> Lori Gallion was elected to the city council member and involved directly in making policies for the city of Sonoma, where she was elected twice and served as their mayor. And also, let's see, you, you were their mayor in uh, 2015, and then you were uh, also the mayor uh, pro tem. You are also were part of the League of California Cities Advanced Leadership Graduate of 2011, and also attended a training with Emerge California. California, and I am very familiar with Emerge. So you've had some good, strong, strong training, and she is presently is the president of the Seroptimus Sonoma County chapter, along with being a member of the board for the Praxis Institute. And I found out something very interesting about Lori. She's also a, a, a ordained minister. And you know, I want to I want to read something to to the people just to give them an idea about what where your heart is and what you think. Lori was an ordained minister of the Universal Life Church in 2010. And here's the statement that she made uh, when she became a minister. She, I strongly support members of the LGBT community that they have the ability to marry. I became ordained to help my friends share their life with loved ones of the same sect. I enjoyed marrying couples in joy and love. The future of love and commitment is a very auspicious occasion and deserves a respectful, personal, and loving beginning. It is my honor to serve and marry, and I have done many weddings to celebrate the date of loving couples, same sex or not. It is better... (laughs) It's better to love than to judge. 
I just think that is really, really beautiful, Lori. And also being part of the Praxis Institution, which uh, mission is to promote world and community peace through education and informed action. So is there anything else that you'd like to add, Lori? Well, I, I, I would love to say that um, I am president of all of Sonoma County for Seroptimist, but I have my local club here in Sonoma Valley. And Seroptimist is one of, one of those actions of women. It's a global volunteer organization that, that provides women and girls with access to the education and training they need to achieve economic empowerment. I joined Sir Optimist here in Sonoma Valley in um, 1993 as a young, divorced mother of a toddler and, uh, you know, basically said, I need something to do because after after going to a therapist about my divorce from my first marriage, she says, you have a lot of energy. You have a lot of energy. You love to volunteer. You need to be active in a community. So what better place than with women who were engaged, engaged in that mission, and um, and I joined them. And the benefit was is I had, you know, 20 babysitters at any time that I could call on so that I could go and volunteer in all these community activities. Well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about all your, your uh, committee activities. And let's begin my – I'd like to you to talk a little bit about – what motivated you? What sparked you to get into politics and to become as active as you've been over the years? If you could explain that. I read, you know, read, I wanted to read the thing about the uh, universal, about your universal life church ministry because I just felt that statement was so powerful and let folks know where your heart is. So talk a little bit about what sparked you and what motivated you. Well, well, uh, I have to say that, you know, my mother always believed in community service. Um, I started out, um, you know, in, in hospital as a candy striper. Um, I was very diligent about volunteering. I in, felt that I would involve myself in, you know, helping patients. I would be the book delivery person, the one that would present sunshine, you know, at their bedside. Um, unfortunately, I wound up going, um, you know, and helping with uh, surgery supplies, and and I did um, uh, I did chemical uh, solutions. I was basically one of those people that would put the tablets in water, and this would be the sterilized uh, water that they would use in surgery. And uh, I did that for a while and didn't like it because there was no people contact, and I'm very much a people person. So um, I realized that it was important to select the right activity. And if it didn't work, to search for the one that did. Um, fast forward, I left the East Coast, came to California, uh, met my first husband, married, moved to Sonoma in 1980. I love this community. It reminded me of home. And I had my son here um, almost nine years later. And had a had a wonderful time thinking about you know his whole future and his possibilities and would he have the same you know beginnings that I would. My son has been my motivator. Um, fast forward through um, multiple community activities, you know, Boy Scouts, uh, even uh, activities at school, you know, parent groups. Uh, eventually, working in a uh, public school as a finance manager for 16 years, um, 
that was my full-time career um, when I came here. And and when my son graduated, he said to me, he said, you know, Mom, you're so good in community. Um, I, I love the fact that you're doing that. And he says, but, you know, we were very much in an environmental crisis at that point. That was his senior project. And upon graduation, you know, I said to him, I said, Shane, I said, so what do you think you're going to do now? And he says, well, he says, you know, frankly, Mom, um, the whole situation about this environment really, really bugs me. It's really your generation. And he says, what are you going to do about it? And I told him, I said, Shane, what am I going to do about it? I said, I think it's time for you to start doing something about it. And maybe together we can work on what might be a, a better solution. And, you know, at that point, I said, I'm going to have to think about it. I don't know what that's going to be. And fast forward to um, almost six to eight months later, he's pursuing uh, junior college. And I'm pursuing the fact that I will be running for uh, city council. Oh, my and, goodness. <laughs> and, and so, uh, you know, and, and, and I, you know, finally, one of the things, you know, before you actually go through this event is, is um, any good council member who has a family unit or anything like that really needs to sit down and talk with their family and say, I may not be as available as I have been before because I am stepping up and serving in a broader community aspect. Are you okay with this? And think twice before you say yes, all right? <laughs> because we need to discuss exactly what type of time this might actually uh, provide. I was at the right space with, um, you know, having just one son, having a husband, um, you know, kind of at that point where most things were settled. Um, the women of today may not have that uh, that opportunity, and so to um, most who do it, make sure that you have that conversation because it's really important that you are able to spend the time uh, in order to grow in your role as a community leader. Well, the, at the beginning of this, so you decide to run for office. What were some of your challenges along the way? And, and what were some of the barriers that you felt that you had to jump over? Well, well, one always goes to the question of, does anybody know me here? All right? You know, winning an election is about getting people to vote for you. And it isn't just about knowing people. It's about, you know, saying... They put their trust in you to take care and protect and serve in the next four years of your elected office. Do they have faith in you? Do you have confidence yourself in, in making the decisions? And, and for me, always having the, the ability or the education was, was very, um, sacrosanct. In other words, that was, that was key. I knew that if I had the education and I had the training, that I would make the best decision because I would be critically thinking and informed about the situation. Is that uh, when that's my ability? Is that when you got involved with Emerge? That's when I went to Emerge, and I had a I had a friend who uh, basically said there is a great program if you're going to run for office. You need to do this, but I have to tell you, the application date is is coming fast and furious, like within 24 hours. <laughs> and you get this application filled out, 
and write your essay and get your references, okay, and everything and be able to submit it. Um, and it was a work day as well. So I had that night to do the, the work on it and create uh, what I felt were the important points um, to make me eligible to run in a field of competition of how many people might be applying to this position. And this was this was very new, very unique. Um, so I, um, I did it, and I said, okay, well, it's just going with God. And however this happens at this point, I really want it, but I am not changing course. I will do this regardless. And um, within a month, I found out that I was not only selected for my application, but actually was selected for interview. And Emerge California trains all over the, the uh, North and South Bay area. So I had to go to San Francisco for an interview. Um, I walked in. There's, you know, 15, 20 women all sitting around waiting for their interviews. There's a team of six that interview you. You're sitting there, and I'm going... Okay, well, by the time I got there, I said, what have you really got to lose? You've got a great trip. You came to San Francisco. You're having an interview. You're still going to do this anyway. Just give it your best and go for it. And there was one question that says, what would, what would um, keep you from coming to one of the trainings? Because attendance at everyone was very important. And I said, the ambulance driver would not reroute if <laughs> I could go to the training. And... And I think at that point they just burst out laughing and, you know, and said, this is, this is it. And uh, I don't necessarily always do humor well. I have a very dry wit, but I, uh, felt that was it. What have I got to lose? Right. And, and it was surprising. Well, you know that there's, there's a song. Bobby McGee, freedom's just another word for nothing left to lose. Nothing ain't worth nothing unless it's free. And it, it seems there's a freedom when you say, listen, you know, what have I got to lose? You know, I, I'm either going to make it or I'm not going to make it. But if I try and if I just stay here, I have a chance that I might. Would you agree with that? I agree 100%. And and things that I've learned uh, certainly during office um, and the more years that I spent in office was about what is your legacy? What are you building for your community? It isn't about your ego or what you have gotten done because nothing gets passed without a consensus, without two other members in the case of my council agreeing with me that this is where we would move forward or voting with me and saying that this option was what we were going to be doing as a step forward. And, and to me, if you always take the accolades that this is, this is, you know, on your watch, this is what happened. It's a team effort and it's partnership among and respect among your electeds that you work with in your community, in Sonoma County, in your state, and even nationally to your congressman. So, well, also, you you said you went to training. Uh, you're a leadership graduate uh, from the League of California Cities. How how was that after your election that you became part of that? Yes, I did that. I did that as part of my. Um, I, I think the year for that was somewhere. Um, twenty twelve. Eleven. Twenty twenty eleven. Twenty twelve. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
because uh, we, we finished up towards the end of uh, 2011, so I wasn't quite sure. But that was a two-year process. So I had, um, I, had, I had been mayor, which qualified me for an additional training. So I had done the first level of League of California Cities training, and then I went on to the second, second training, which um, was because I was mayor, I was eligible for that. And I trained in um, Sacramento and did a retreat in Big Creek, um, California, uh, learned about legislation, talked about what it would be like to be in the assembly, to be a senator, and, um, you know, the political side. actually talked to political directors for several governors. And in that uh, class, you have people who have... Um, obviously gone up and, and worked into some of these positions in Assembly and Senate. And uh, for me, that was, um, I, I love those classes. Everything was driven. And by that, I mean, they had that passion. They had that, uh, that incredible quality about the fact that they knew where they were going. It was one foot in front of the other, and they were making an attempt they were positive that they were moving in the right direction, and they were on the ground dedicated to what so, our, their community needed. So hold that thought, because we're going to take a musical break. And one of the things I want to tell my listeners, I asked my guests to send me five questions, and Lori did that. But this gives me an idea of what they're talking about, what's important, and what their passion is. But before we take the musical break, I want... I want you to think about something, and also I want my listeners to think about something. This is what Lori wrote on her questions, and I thought this was really important. The voice inside of all women, putting one foot in front of the other, making a difference every day in the lives of others. You never know whose life you touch. You never know it if you don't look and act. Just hold that thought, everybody. Because I want to come back and talk about that, what you mean about this, and also what brought you, because of this attitude, what was one of the most uh, rewarding experiences that you had as as you were participating as mayor and then as a council member. And we're going to take a musical break, and I, I want to dedicate this song to all the women out there who are celebrating our 19th, um, uh, the 100th anniversary of our 19th Amendment, and also to remind each of us of who we are. I'm going to be playing We Are the Women, sung by Betsy Rose and the Women's uh, Chorus. And Lori, make sure your phone is okay while we're taking this break. So here we go. We Are the Women, sung by Betsy Rose and the Women's Chorus. We are the women giving birth to tomorrow. We are the women who are present today. We are the women who know hope and sorrow. Women who act. Women who pray. Women whose wisdom will light the way We are the women giving birth to tomorrow We are the women who are present today We are the women who know hope and sorrow Women who work 
the way well hopefully we are lighting your way today welcome back you are listening to women's spaces and i'm your host elaine beholds and i'm honored to have with me on the phone Lori galleon who is the former mayor and city council of city of sonoma and is current the president of the seroptimus international thank you Lori, for correcting that and welcome back uh Let me read this one more time, and then I'd like you to comment what you mean by this and what was one of your most rewarding things about what you were working on. I ask the voice inside of all women putting one foot in front of the other, making a difference every day in the lives of others. You never know whose life you touch. You never know if you don't look and act. Can you just talk a little bit about what you mean about that and then also what was one of your most rewarding experiences that you've had? Well, um, Elaine, I I have to say in the second uh, term of my elected office, while I was mayor in 2016, um, remember that I was a mayor twice, not a two-timing mayor, um, I had the opportunity of hitting some really great uh, public health issues uh, here in Sonoma. I uh, was at a community meeting over at the Springs Hall in Sonoma, and Lori Bremner piped up. She said, what are you going to do about the F rating you have for air quality in the city of Sonoma? And I went, I am totally unaware. Perhaps maybe you could educate me, and let's see where that goes. Um, in 2016, we voted on, um, you know, an initiative that went ahead and put one of the strongest uh, no smoking uh, ordinances or smoking in the town of the city of Sonoma, basically stronger than most in the state of California. And if it hadn't been for that person's statement coming up and speaking to me, not even a constituent within the city of Sonoma, she lived in the Springs area. She said, "She said, what can you do about this? And, you know, the county um, had their rating, and that was the C at that point. And we wound up coming to an A from the American Lung Association. And it's because we invested in that. We also invested in 
um, uh, the leaf blower incident. That was another one where there were several people, people I hadn't even met before in this community that banded together a team of, of seven members and, um, you know, three or more uh, helpers along the way that went ahead and banned leaf blowers in the uh, city of Sonoma, an item that started uh, back in uh, 2013 uh, that failed um, to have a consensus, a member changed the vote on the second reading of the ordinance, and um, it, and didn't go through. Something I I remember starting in 2009 on an issue. I mean, the year, the length, the activity, all the people that were involved in this, and this mighty group of women stepped forward and said this is what they were going to do, and they canvassed the city. They had a website. You would not believe the energy and the dynamic um, passion that was exuded from these individuals. And so, that to this day, between those two items, if I had never had the, the interface and the interaction of how a life might change, we may not be where we are today, sitting in a very bad air quality due to fires, but a very air good air quality component for most of the time here in Sonoma based on those factors. Well, that's and the amazing. Lives, that's the lives of people that we've saved, the children, um, the adults, um, whatever. I mean, you can smoke in your car and you can smoke in your house in Sonoma as long as you don't have an adjoining wall to someone else's unit. That, that is basically your limitation. Well, it uh, sounds like it was an, another example of what you were saying, is putting one foot in front of the other. And talking also about examples, you know, that if there, you, I'd like you to talk, we're, we're starting to run out of time. It goes by so quick. Radio time is, I don't know where it goes. I'd like you to talk a little bit about the Seroptimus and what it's about and how folks can join. And also, um, Anything else that you feel is important? What keeps you motivated well, every day? That's really a good one. Well, I, I, I basically, Elaine, I told you that I have a little card on my desk that says, uh, what is the future Lori thankful for the Lori of today? And this is my way of saying, what is, what is your goal per day? And to me, it was I wrote the word forward in capital letters. This has been a very depressing time for most individuals, a stressful time um, in, in so many areas of, of lives and health, and sometimes feeling helpless and not being able to go outside, do normal things and whatever. And to me, it's like push through it, move through it, move forward. Don't stagnate. Keep yourself fresh, whatever it is. Everything, everything counts in making a difference. So sometimes sitting there for a few hours thinking about an issue may make a difference. Um, the optimist right now is my is my really targeted goal, and I belong to Founder Region. Our club uh, has has uh, a region. The club was established back in 1921, similar to the women's right to vote, and the first club was in Alameda. So that's why we call ourselves the Founder Region. Um, it's, we're, we're supposed to be fostering a spirit of service. Uh, service. The purpose and spirit of service drives every Seroptimist club, district, region, and, and federation. We are internationally 
in um, all continents except Antarctica. We just recently um, opened in Africa. This, to me, was working further than just your community, but moving beyond that. We have what we call Investing in Dreams, which is our dream uh, program for scholarship, Live Your Dream, and also for, for uh, teens. We have a mentoring program called Dream It, Be It, in which uh, there are several modules, modules that have been developed um, by Sorotomous uh, International that work with teens, giving them the possibilities of where their future could go with education and economic understanding. Dream, um, did you say dream it and be it? Dream it, be it. Oh, my God, that is, that is a great, great model. Yes, and so, and so currently um, our, our local club have, has worked with the teen services here in the Valley to deliver this to, um, we've done eighth graders, uh, we're concentrating on uh, high schoolers now, junior, um, through um, down to freshmen, freshmen to junior. Uh, girls, and we'll be uh, working probably with uh, two other clubs to present this in a Zoom platform, hopefully in uh, early spring. Well, make sure that you let me know when those things are happening. I would definitely love to let my listeners know about it. Well, we're coming to the end of the segment, Lori, and what I'd like you to talk about real quickly, if you can, if there's a woman out there who is looking to run for election or who's running for election right now, maybe is, you know, feeling overwhelmed or whatever goes on through their mind, what what are some of the suggestions that you would give them? And also, do you have a website how folks can get a hold of you? Um, uh, people, people can get hold of me by my email, galbride at comcast.net. I... That that would be the best way to get a hold of me. I do not have a website um, that I currently use. Can you spell? Um, can you spell that? Yes, it's Gal G A L Bride like bride and groom at Comcast dot net. Okay, and that'll be. We'll have that also on. Uh womenspaces.com. So also talk a little bit about, like I said, if there's a woman out there who is thinking about running or is running, what are some of the the keys well, that I you think? I have three women who I'm working with currently um, who are stepping up and one is newly running for office. Um, another one is rerunning for office. And a third one is considering her options for the future. And um, as an eMERGE uh, trainee, we very frequently get called as a reference in our community to talk to women who are thinking about running for office. I say you never know how good life can be and how you can help others until you get out there and step up. And it is difficult. It is difficult to make that step because you are no longer in the safety of your community, but loves, adores you, respects you. You're out there in the miasma of, of criticality, as they call it, where you are either well-liked or you are, are well-dreaded uh, in your opinion. And um, public comment is public comment. It is not something for the faint of heart. But it is something that if you have the confidence and the strength of others who respect and support you, you can do 
and not just perform, you can excel. And to me, the challenge was, could I learn the information? Could I be present to make the decision? Could I critically think and see both sides of an issue? And if you can do this, and believe me, households and women in households today do this every day. It is not that difficult to transition. The experience is motivating. It's excelling. It's a high that very few get to experience. And I have to say that it is important to say, if you add these words to every action that you do, I have given it my best. Well, let's end on that. I have given it my best, and you have definitely given it your best, and I want to thank you so much. You know, we're coming to the end of our segment, and I want to thank you so much, Laurie Gallion, former city council member and mayor of the city of Sonoma and current president of Seroptimus International for being on Women's Bases. Thank you, Elaine. It was a it was an absolute pleasure. Well, I can't wait to listen to it because you have really shared so many things. So thank you so much, Lori. Okay. Bye now. This is Elaine Behold. You've been listening to Women's Spaces. I look forward to being with you the next time. And be safe and be well. No woman in your life. No woman in your life is you. The previous Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, August 24th, 2020.